This is the Blattcast, a sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world. Hosted by Christian Blatt, his trusty co-host Will Sterling, and Jeff DeRay. So kick back, get ready for quite possibly the longest one hour to perhaps the shortest two hours and 56 minutes of your life. And now, here's Christian Blatt. Welcome to the Blattcast. Going strong for 10 years. Welcome to our show. Very wow. excited to be here. Uh, there's uh, festivities afoot. There are plans in the works, but we needed to stand down on all the fun and merriment and uh, go over this big uh, DC movies announcement and a couple other occurrences in the world. But uh, as always, I am Christian Blatt, joined by the one, the only, the Jeff DeRay. Mm-hmm. I'm behind you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, for our visual listeners, it does look like Jeff and I are in the same room. Um, we have uh, the same color uh, on the wall. I believe it's teal, but... Uh, in any case, also with us, rounding out the Council of Jeffs, Jeff Winstead of <laughs> The Alternate and The Last Battle of the Revolution, uh, available now on Amazon. That's right. And I don't, I, 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 is it in bookstores? Because I was going to do the Swami plug, but then I'm like, oh, it might not actually be in bookstores. Yeah, it's in one bookstore, which is the Blue Licks battlefield state park in kentucky so that's that, cool yeah, yeah so yeah, it's that's in a, so it's available in bookstore it's in bookstore exactly <laughs> very specific bookstore and but if you're there soon, on vacation you can get it soon to be in bookstores everywhere the one the only william j sterling i don't know if i'll be in bookstores everywhere but maybe oh, i'll be on. in bookstore also Maybe it's the a goal. Same very goal. blown out here. I'm trying you, to fix my. You could uh, you go. could That's drive it. to Kentucky and be like, "Hi, I know Jeff Winstead." And like, yeah. sure, my book has nothing to do with Kentucky. In right. fact, it's very Hollywood. But would you put it in your Kentucky bookstore? I think the people uh, might like it. That's right. And for the the sake of uh, valid under Kindlin. for this, <laughs> yeah, you could burn this book. In fact, it's here for you to burn. So how uh so will can you tell us anything about the book do you have a title do you have anything uh, yeah what? the book okay. is called fame by misadventure it's coming out um at the end of may okay uh which is the date that i announced of course it's like hearing from the publisher it's like it's however many months after printing and i'm like okay cool so you're kind of telling me to like uh what's the word my expectations you know what i mean like Manager i might, be, might sure. end up being in june we'll see but i was kind of trying to time it to the uh the summer beach read season i was so. just about to say sounds like yeah. a summer beach read to that's me that's the goal that's the goal it's a very it's a very la book but it's it's uh it's meant to make you laugh and make you cry do all the things so um uh i'm excited people can learn more information as well, time goes on i'm trying to roll it out slowly until i absolutely know that release date so I don't fuck myself by sharing all the information before I actually have like a pre-order link and stuff like that. Wait, you fuck yourself in this book? This is like a I do. It is meta. Yeah, yeah. There's like an extra character, which is me. And then the writer, who is also me, fucks me. It's, well, it's very common. You just went from me asking for a freebie to uh, pre-ordering and uh, spending (laughs) my own money on it. So uh, just watch out when you're reading it on the beach. Uh, in any case, uh, we do want to spend some time talking about uh, this uh, big DC announcement 
And uh, that's we always love having a, an excuse with uh, with, with a reason to bring our friend Jeff Winstead on. But uh, this uh, you, you can uh, sometimes help us navigate some of it. And uh, right now in the chat, Dominica Saxon, I missed the announcement. Is it that he's going to make DC suck less? Essentially, yes, that is his announcement, because while everything hasn't sucked, hasn't sucked, there has been some suck. And I, I think they're trying to cut down on that. Cammy Egan, very optimistic. I think DC is going to be pretty freaking cool now that he's in charge. Uh, so I will uh, ask each of you sort of uh, what you think generally about the announcement. And we'll go through everything, but I want to start off with everybody uh, picking one thing that stands out to them. Jeff Winstead, as our guest, please, you go first. Give us your thoughts on the announcement and anything that stands out. It could be something that stands out because you're excited for it or something that stands out where it made you go, Oh no! Uh, you know, there was no no oh no moments, but certainly the whole announcement thing felt a, lo- a little bit like a ship, a uh, very expensive ship with no wind in its sails. And I, I think that's because because of all the Henry Cavill behind the scenes, well, not even behind the scenes, the stuff, the drama that was going on publicly. He had to uh, James Gunn ended up pre-announcing the Superman movie that wasn't going to have uh, Cavill, so it the that should have been like a big tentpole announcement. Here's a new Superman movie, but that had already been sort of mentioned. And so it was sort of, was very flat. Uh, so th- the whole thing just felt very, uh, I guess, underwhelming in a way, but some good announcements. The thing I'm most excited about personally, Blue Beetle or not Blue Beetle. I'm sorry, Booster Gold. Right. Which I hope guest stars Blue Beetle at some point, but yeah, the Booster Gold trust a great, uh, character created by Jan- Dan Jurgens in the mid eighties. Um, like and my understanding of Booster Gold is it's a little bit more of a lighthearted character, right? I mean, I I know him from covers that I've seen. Was he in Crisis? Does he show up in there? Or uh, is it no, he's Crisis? a he's a very much okay. a post Crisis creation. Okay. But so, whenever I've it, seen covers and stuff, it always seems like it's a little bit, you know, like in Marvel, like Excalibur covers were usually kind of silly because the book was kind of silly. So it, is Booster Gold sure. a little bit more of a lighthearted character, Jeff? Yeah, it wasn't. It was always. Um, uh, it wasn't a dark character by any stretch. What happened was they put uh, Booster and Blue Beetle in the Justice League in '87, oh, okay. and that Justice League run was very humorous. And so the tone of the character sort of shifted to match that. Once his book was canceled, his Booster Gold's book uh, original run only lasted twenty three or twenty four issues. Uh, but he had a long career with the Justice League after that. Uh, Although in the, the present, 80s, 24 90s. issues is the run of three volumes of a comic book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not bad. And then, of course, he it's had a, a second big deal, run. yeah. Uh, I don't know, when was that second series? Did you will, read that second series, Will, from like 2008 or whenever it was? Yeah, the post-crisis, uh, not crisis, uh, one Infinite of the other crisis. crisis. Post-Infinite Infinite Crisis. crisis. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which that was, that was a pretty good run also. And so then it became more of a time travel book. So it, it'll be curious to see if they do the they could easily use this series to springboard a lot of other dc properties with him traveling through time and meeting different characters in different time uh, periods unless they do an adaptation of the original run which is basically he's from the future he comes back to to present day and uh, sort of wants to make good to be a superhero but he also wants to be a celebrity to make a bunch of money mm-hmm. so so a little bit like a character you might know of called uh, in a book called the alternate 
Yeah, I was just going <laughs> to so, say, this yeah. sounds really familiar. It's just highly inspired my... Uh, sounds like Metal Man in, yeah. in the alternate, which yeah. I believe is now available. Uh, That's right. On, what, I don't know, Comixology went under, but it still exists. Uh, yeah, it's Comixology, everything on Comixology is basically dead. I mean, it's on Amazon, yeah. so you can right, get it so digitally. It's, Amazon, yeah. um, it's still available digitally. You'd actually get it right from right. my website if you just want to get a PDF. Well, what, but, well if uh, we're talking about it, what is your website, Jeff? Uh, JeffWinstead.com. You keep it simple. And it's soon to be printed by uh, Antarctic Press. Uh, oh, great. Much like... You, me, uh, you, you <laughs> just reminded me that I have blackcast.com. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't used anything. Yeah, yeah, use those like, things. Yeah, yeah. There's like links from, you know, three years ago. Yeah. Uh, Cammy Egan, all caps, Swamp Thing. Excitement about Swamp Thing. What about you, William? What are you excited about? Well, first off, you know, the older I get, the more chances I lose to play any of these characters. And this gives me a little bit of a blueprint for myself to hit the pavement, you know, to, okay. to try to get cast in one of these things. And honestly, the thing that that would be good for me, I think, as a silly kind of person, uh, Jeff, maybe I could play Booster Gold. I don't know. I'm just mm, saying I put it out there. Maybe James Gunn is listening. It's kind of too late for me to play any of the cool characters. I'm too old for his baby Superman. I don't know what he's doing. I don't look like Batman. Um about a time traveling guy i think my biggest exposure to him is post infinite crisis and then the justice league unlimited show they did a great episode with him called like like the most untalented man or something kind of like like self-deprecating of like how he actually has oh, a yeah. huge so sounds like it'd be right up your alley a to play that huge <laughs> impact on everybody and everything in the universe but it's kind of treated like shit because he's sort of a c-string character and people don't right, take him right. seriously but at the same time like he's vitally important so i love that you know, they made a good Peacemaker show. I feel like they'll make a pretty good Booster Gold show. But uh, I think the thing I'm most excited for is uh, just to see how they pull it off because I'm I'm ready for this different version of Batman is the Batman and Robin thing. Even though Damien is my least favorite Robin and I actually really don't like that character, um, would love to see a cool big budget Robin and Batman story, which I think kind of lends itself to a Batman story that isn't super dark and serious. Like... Uh, you kind of have to balance that tone with something a little bit more self-aware. And like we have Matt Reeves doing uh, the, the same thing as Christopher Nolan, just a little bit different. And so yeah. I'm excited to see like, this is all I wanted with the Affleck Batman was like, they were like, it's like James Bond, but he's Batman. I was like, this is great. I want him right. traveling the world. I want to see his fucking jet. I want his toys. I want him to use gadgets. I want animated Batman. And so maybe this will be a little bit more, uh, more fun and games. Well, Will, you are not the only person putting it out there that uh, James Gunn should consider them for uh, some of the films in this slate. Uh, somebody that we've uh, long had interest in uh, from here in the show. Uh, Tommy Wiseau <laughs> yes. responded directly to James Gunn when he posted the announcement. And oh, Tommy hi. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hi, He's James. Superman. Yeah, the huh? Emmy. Joker, you're tearing me apart. You so. saw that that video where he played the Joker, right? It was like a funny or die thing or something. They put I him in the makeup know. and they made him oh, like this is like the Joaquin. This Phoenix is many Joker. years ago. No, this no, no, the, the the Heath uh, Ledger Heath, Joker. Yeah, uh, it's no. good. Classic. I haven't seen that. <laughs> I think uh, different is- universe, but Dominicus Saxon with a vote of confidence. I could see Will as Gambit. Thanks for um, that that cajun accent yeah that's rough i feel like you could you could get the cajun accent right <laughs> well get a dialogue coach i'd oh, say boy. with that mustache you could go for a young james gordon oh, oh yeah that's actually go. good yeah, yeah. maybe true. i could be commissioner gordon in the batman yeah. and robin movie 
just grumpy yeah. on a rooftop, even though I'm not 40 yet. <laughs> I feel That's like right. Booster Gold is very much in line with Peacemaker, right? Like it's the same kind of like, I'm a bit too goofy, but it's like, um, I can have heart with how yeah. like incompetent I might be. That's what I, that's yeah. kind of how I see it. So, uh, well, Jeff, uh, you know, we'll run through everything uh, in a moment, but, uh, as, as we've talked and as it was put out there, is there anything coming up from DC, whether it's this year or down the road that, uh, you're interested in or possibly, uh, horrified by, <laughs> is it me, Jeff or other Jeff? Good question. Jeff D. Ray. <laughs> the alternate. Uh, honestly. Jeff, oh, yeah. Wait. What was, What did we. So you're Jeff Prime and Jeff Winstead is Jeff no, 2. No, is it's Earth what, 1 and Earth 2. Forget about yeah, Earth that's Prime. Right. That's a whole different character. So I'm yeah. Earth 2, Jeff, because I'm older. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. He's Earth oh, yeah, 1, Jeff, because he's younger. Right. That makes okay. sense. Sorry. Uh, nothing specifically stuck out to me. It's kind of one of those things where I think these announcements in general, like what Jeff was saying, where it's like the Superman was meant to be a temple. But in general, I think these announcements have gone the way of the dinosaur, right? Like think 2011 when it was like, this is the lineup of things we're going to do for Marvel. And people are like, oh, cool, look at all these movies. Because before it was like, maybe one or two of these movies yeah. will come out and we'll see how they do. <laughs> and and then it's like, that was a cool thing for a while. But now we're a decade plus into this. And it's just like, cool, a slate of movies. We'll see. You know, it's like. Well, yeah, plus I, DC has announced slates of movies that have ended up not being made. Exactly. You know, I mean, yeah. remember how 2022 was supposed to be the year of the hero yeah. and all, yeah. all of those movies, but one didn't come out in 2022? Yeah, yeah, it was just Black Adam came out, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When you and I saw uh, saw the Matt Reeves Batman, that trailer beforehand, I think was because that was Flash, at the end of twenty twenty one, right? Uh, Shazam two, Black yeah. Adam. These are all supposed to come out in twenty twenty two. Yeah, and yeah. and they didn't. So anyway, Jeff. Sorry. So back to uh, you know I was feeling that the uh, feeling that the slate announcement is a was not was walk the dinosaur. It's look, it's to me, and this is just extrapolating. It's an IPO move, right? It's a, Hey, look, these are our future earnings that we're projecting. And we're going to say that we're going to make this much money so we can like increase our, uh, stock prices or increase our future, whatever it's, it seems like it's just a big financial game because again, at this point, who cares, you know, like release a movie. I don't need to know what you're planning on releasing eight to 10 years, right? They're saying this is an eight to 10 year roadmap. Don't tell us, you know, tell us the movie that you're going to release when you're going to release it. And then let's just go from there because it's also things like this annoy me because it's like, this is just what I can tell you for now. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you do have <laughs> other things, other properties you've, you've potentially planned on, but you don't want to spoil something. You know how you could do that not announcing anything but what you're going to release like not announcing anything but what you're casting and working towards releasing I, first you know i do agree with that think about how exciting it was you know like the post credit scenes initially when you didn't really know what the next movie was you know i mean go all the way back to james bond you know james bond will return in goldfinger you know right. and so now it's like oh, all right well i like Marvel's a great example. I know that Ant-Man and the Wasp and Quantum Mania will be out in March. And then I know uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is out in May. And then, you know, you can just sort of, you can map out, you know, through next year. And there's there's no surprises, you know? So yeah. I think 
uh, having some of that information uh, held back could be good, but you're, uh, yeah. But I think looking at it from a business standpoint, I think that uh, we definitely have seen a uh, cryptocurrency level crash of uh, DC <laughs> in the, in the last calendar year. So I think that they really feel like they do need to let you know, look what's coming. We're back. Uh, are you ready? Are you ready to love us? Even if you never have to begin with. It you know? is funny how like they've spent 10, almost more than, I mean, I don't know. Fucking when did Man of Steel come out? 2013, 10 yeah. plus years being First like year of the black cat. Man of Steel we're going to, yeah, we're going to figure out our own thing. We're not just going to copy the Marvel thing. We're going to try yeah. to figure this out. And it's like for 10 years, they've been like, we're going to figure this. We're just going to multi. We're going to figure this out. And then eventually there's like, let's, we're just going to do what Marvel does. Here's a big slate. Here's a bunch of logos. Yeah. Here's a bunch of movies coming right. out. Uh, you know what you get with Marvel. You can kind of expect that except yeah. with DC characters. Yeah. Like we're going to do, we're going to do our own thing. Uh, but uh, actually, our huge team up movie we're going to bring in the guy who did avengers and uh, have him ruin it so let's go ahead and do that what were you going to i feel like you were going to say something jeff winstead oh a couple of things it was there's a good point with the bond movies and even with the bond movies they were able to pivot so the the the, the end credits for live let die I, yeah. I think one of them said uh bond will return in uh for your eyes only they scrapped that after Star Wars was a huge hit. They did Moonraker next. Went, went right to Moonraker. Yeah. 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 That's true. So, yeah. So, you know, it, it's a, there is, yeah, to Jeff's point, there is something about, like, they put these announcements out and, okay, you say you're going to do this stuff, but are you? I mean, eight, 10 years is great, but I mean, if, if you have one flop, you know, my, the, yeah. my favorite totally, little, totally uh, little side story, not that uh, we've ever gone off the topic here on the Black Cast before. Uh, so it was at the end of Live and Let Die. It says, James Bond will return in The Man with the Golden Gun. So uh, Alice Cooper and his band write, produce, and record a song called The Man with the Golden Gun. They put it on uh, their 1974 album, Muscle of Love, because they're like, great, we'll just record the song because we know the title and we'll have to use it. Have you guys ever heard that song in a James <laughs> Bond movie? No. no, you have not. It's a great song, actually, <laughs> but it is not in the James Bond movie. So, uh, you know, that was yet. like, yeah, that was like a set. Yeah, that's true. That's, right. that's a great point. That was like a set leak, you know, in 1973 was yeah. like, oh, my God, we know what the title is. Let's write a yeah. song. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, look, and part of the problem with an announcement like this is you have to deal with what's already been filmed and is coming out. And then they also had to address the fact that the Batgirl movie is not coming out. Yeah. And I feel like we're going to see that Batgirl movie one day. And I am convinced a hundred percent that we have seen a worse DC movie already than that <laughs> Batgirl movie that is not going to come out. Uh, I would definitely contend that a block of two, any two episodes of Titans is not as good as that Batgirl movie. I Jeff, today, say, I feel like you were going to say something. I was going to say to me, the best marketing that they have for this reboot is canceling the DC, the background <laughs> movie, just because it's like, it's finally a studio going like, you know, we didn't hit with this one. We're not going to, we're just going to say, forget it. Cause we want to actually like attain some level of excellence with what we're doing. And that just wasn't it versus like how many times have these movies. I was actually just thinking about this earlier, right? What one of the, the worst DC movies ever, 2004's Catwoman, followed by one of the best DC movies ever, 2005's Batman Begins. 
Yeah. Uh, by the way, agree to disagree on Catwoman. It's a classic, but I know what you're saying in terms <laughs> of perception. Scene, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like, so it's like it's 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 possible that they can have better things in the work, but it's also we've seen the proofs in the pudding that they've released some real stinkers, right? Like even 2011's Green Lantern, right? That was part of all of this hype of like, oh, now there's going to be Green Lanterns. And it was like, that, man, we yeah. did shitty CGI. Forget this. That was really supposed to be the jumpstart of this. It was, yeah. Of the universe. And they and then Man of Steel's like such a tonal shift that they were like, yeah, we're yeah. not. That's <laughs> so actually my favorite part of the announcement is how he leads with, we're so excited about these four movies that aren't going to matter at all once they're released. But I can't tell right. you they're like I can't say they're not going to matter now because we do want you to go see them. Yeah, even though they don't mean anything to what we're doing in the future. I mean, <laughs> but he, he says you know the door's still open for Jason Gal and potentially Ezra, but we'll see. I totally I right. think Ezra's too problematic that it's like just, I, I, again I, yeah, again yeah. perfect opportunity to shift to a better version of the character. Oh is, wait, <laughs> I'm sorry. Is there a better version of the Flash out there? Oh, let me tell you. Yeah. What? Yes. I've never heard of him. If there's His a better version, is Bart Allen? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's speed, speed force appropriation. Excuse yeah, me. sorry. sorry, sorry. <laughs> By the way, uh, interestingly enough, uh, Jeff made the point, and then I, I checked quickly. Uh, they didn't come out the same year, but uh, the worst DC licensed movie being Catwoman, and then. I feel like it's a it's a safe bet that the worst Marvel licensed movie is Electra that came out the next year. So they were, you know, think about where we've come in 20 years, early 2000s. Yeah, the female characters. 20 years ago, they were just putting anything out and they're like, this is going to be great, isn't it? I mean, that initial run of Marvel movies was like, I look at that Angley Hulk movie. I just saw a still of it. And I'm like, God, he looks so horrible. I forgot how much technology and CGI has changed. Yeah, uh, I mean, they yeah. should have they should have just painted up a middle aged Lou Ferrigno for that movie. You know, I would have been great. I, 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 it would still be great tomorrow if they yeah. did that with uh, Lou Ferrigno. I'm sure Lou's in great shape. Uh, yeah, so they uh, they have that. And by the way, uh, Dominica Saxon with this great observation. I think I'm lucky have never having read comics. Every new movie or character is a cool surprise for me. I think that helps. You know, I've used the example before. Uh, my wife watched. All the Harry Potter movies, never read a word of any of the books. And her friends who like loved the books were like, oh, my God, but you're missing so much because you don't. She's like, I'm not missing it. I, I didn't read it. <laughs> so I know it's, there. it's like I liked the movie. Yeah, yeah. This is back when you were allowed to like Harry Potter movies. I'm just talking. This is yeah, this is like years ago. But and it's just like, well, yeah, I don't I don't know. So how you many know, people have like, actually read The Godfather? Let's be real. It's a great point. Yeah. I've thought about it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so is everybody yeah. else. I just, I, I, I wish they had left in the deleted scene where uh, one of the Gryffindor students uh, had transitioned and was trying to go into the ladies' lavatory, and McGonagall said, "No fucking way!" and made a third bathroom for them. And was like in there. <laughs> I don't think she would have made a third. I think she would have forced her to go into the men's room <laughs> just to watch her shame. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. Let's let's not deconstruct the joke too much. <laughs> the thing uh, about Harry Potter is that the fans are still like, "This is ours now." Fuck you! And like, they've just basically like ignored J.K. Rowling, and they still keep Harry Potter. I'm like, that's, yeah, that's fine. fine. That's what should happen. Do whatever like, you then, want. It's like, yeah. look how many of us have enjoyed music from someone who is, you know, intolerable to listen to talk. You know, there's people who don't like what uh, Ted Nugent has to say. Does it mean he's a bad guitar player? I can't stand any word I've ever heard come out of Michael Stipe's mouth 
uh, some of them when he's singing, but uh, he, he did hit with some songs and some whole albums, but uh, I was just like, no, no, stop talking. You know, do I really like, I understand the rainforest. It's sad. I don't want to hear sting talk about it. You know, just, uh, just uh, sing. Don't stand so close to me. Can we do that? You know, um, uh, sky, the magnanimous eight, the film slate should have been Superman and Batman in 2025. A Wonder Woman film in 2025, Green Lantern Corps, Brave and the Bold, Supergirl, Swamp Thing in 2026, The Authority and JLA in 2027. But specific. I don't know. And then he follows up. Uh, look what happened with George Miller's Jail Mortal, the canceled Batman Year One film, Joss Whedon's Wonder Woman, uh, Michelle McLaren's Wonder Woman. Will Beale's Justice League film idea history repeats itself. Look, I think, uh, Jeff, your point, um, the background movie, I think was great to hear about that third Wonder Woman film that Patty Jenkins was going to do. And they were like, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. Cause that is absolutely 100% what they should have done with Wonder Woman 84. When they, when she came to them with that, this is pre pandemic before they would have even <laughs> started filming it. it. Yeah. yeah. And they should have just been like, nah, her and nah. Jeff Johns. Yeah. Like they should have been like Jeffrey, no, what? you know better. <laughs> I don't think he does though. He's just not a screenwriter. Yeah, yeah I can yeah, do a I, whole podcast about Jeff Johns and how he's a great, great comic book writer. I yeah. think we a should really actually. phenomenal comic, but he yeah. does not need to be involved in these movies. I think he, has where no he adapts his own stuff so he can get the checks. Basically, right. oh, this Sweet. Is, I introduced I like this that. character, so I want to make sure this character's in the show. Or whatever. No, totally bad idea. That's the whole problem with Green Lantern. The Green Lantern movie was his his fingers were in it too much. That, that movie had the same screenwriter as Casino Royale. That's right. There's no and the reason. In the same, oh, it's in director. That's right. There's Martin no reason Campbell, it should have yeah. sucked. Yeah, Martin Campbell. Yeah. There's no reason it should have been as bad as it was. But interjecting. No, so that's a whole different there, conversation. There's no yeah, excuse. Yeah. So what this a flash of ma- Skarsgård in the role of Peter Skarsgård in the role of <laughs> Hector Hammond. Right, right. By the way, very cool that they actually use that character. Never imagined a million years we'd see Hector Hammond in a movie. That's the one thing I was like, oh, at least Hector Hammond is in this. Hey, look, Marvel's doing their big head guy next, Modoc's in. Uh, that's true. That's true. Ant-Man, he's, so. he's showing up in Quantum and Modoc had his own series. Uh, Aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Didn't they make uh, the guy who was the villain in the first Ant-Man Modoc though? No, he was. Uh, well, I think that's what they're supposed was, to be doing. Oh, I see what you're saying. Is yeah. that what's going to be in this one? I'll, I'll let you know in a couple yeah. weeks. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, Corey Stahl is that actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, people know him largely from House of Cards. Uh, yeah. Are they going to uh, say so. that he that that character becomes Moda? I think because he gets shopped off or shipped off to the quantum realm in the first uh, movie. Remember, he gets super shrunk. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Makes sense that, that he's in the quantum realm. That giant Modoc head has to come from somewhere. So, <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, so the uh, the Flash movie, which there's no scenario. I, I believe that Ezra Miller, God forbid, could murder someone and they would still put out that movie. They might just wait a little bit like, yeah. you know, at, we've seen the stories that have come out about them, I suppose I'm supposed to say. Uh, and, uh, and and I say I'm supposed to say is just because as I'm talking, I'm like, oh, I remember Ezra Miller's of them. And um, what I know about Ezra Miller seems like a bit of a D bag. That's really the way that uh, I identify Ezra Miller, but that movie's coming out and yeah, yeah, they're going to use it in a way to use it as the hard reset. And will for you, I really hope that they, there is a scene that they film. It's kind of like, uh, what is it? The, so in Doctor Who, the sixth doctor into Sylvester McCoy, 
they, you know, they fire Colin Baker. So you don't see him regenerate because he's like, no, I'm not helping you film that. Yeah, got, somebody's you. got like the amazing Technicolor dream coat on. But now we have like, CGI. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So it'll be like, Barry, start running really fast. And he runs so fast. He comes out as maybe, well, they've already filmed the movie. So I was going to say Will Sterling is Wally West. So oh, I'm sorry, that's not going to be your role, but we'll find a role for you. That's okay. So he he slows down and then there's just some other guy. It's like, hi, I'm the Flash. It's I, like, I the only, I mean, you, I harp about this forever and I don't need to have a long soapbox, but it's like, we got nine seasons of the most boring leading man in the world. <laughs> like, it's not just that actor. It's also that fucking character. And it's like, stop trying to make this work when there's a way more interesting verse. Ezra Miller is just playing Wally. That's the I think that's the issue. The goofy uh the goofy speedster. Yeah. Well, uh so I mean I, I want to see that movie. I mean I think that uh boy I hope it's good. And I feel like James the fact says that it's, it's one of the best superhero movies he's ever seen. James Gunn said that? Yes. yes. I know yeah. that they're like, they got a little bit of, uh, they have to say only nice things as these movies yeah. come out. And then after they come out, they're like, oh, fucking thank God. But I have heard consistently, like test screenings and everything, that that it is quite good. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Dominica Saxon. Dominica Saxon again with a great point. No question Ezra Miller's a D-bag, but every classic great movie we know of had actors much worse than anything he's done. Chaplin, I mean, John Wayne, we could go through the list. You know, it's true. But, you know, in this time and place, it's very difficult to have so much money invested in someone. I mean, every time somebody, you know, I mean, uh, Zachary Levi, who I like very much from Chuck, I think he's a great Shazam, uh, you know, he tweeted something and it wasn't even really critical, but it was something about vaccines. Fine. And it was just like, no, but you have a huge movie coming out. You're not allowed to have opinions. It's not out yet. Question. Yeah, you, you're not allowed to have opinions for a little while. Afterwards, it's fine, but not yet. What were you going to say? Uh, I think Jeff Winstead. Well, let Jeff DeRay go first. He might be making the same point. Oh, okay. I was going to ask because I just read like a tiny bit about that. And it was just like somebody asked him if he thought Pfizer was evil. And he was like, yeah, definitely. And I'm like, didn't Pfizer also come out with, um, fuck, what's the drug that everybody's dying from? Uh, yeah, all the opioids. Shit. Like, yeah, the they're opioid a big opioid part thing. of the yeah. opioid crisis. Oh, yeah. so yeah. I, I, I thought you were talking about Viagra. I was going to say. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Viagra, which Pfizer Killing also men. came out with. Yeah, and, that was, and I really yeah. thought you were saying, what's the drug everybody's taking? And so I was about to jump in Viagra, obviously. Blue chew. That was exactly it. What, <laughs> what Zachary Levi said was the mainstream, yeah. particularly liberal view which was oh, yeah. big pharma is bad four years ago. And, but, and here's but the all thing. All of a sudden, it's, not, it's tied to, you know, just not, it's, it's tied to not the saying he's not entitled to an opinion, not sure. even saying his opinion is oh. wrong. Just nobody should get into anything when their movie's no. about to come out. No, Letitia totally Wright, right, right before the big Black Panther movie, uh, Evangeline Lilly, you are going to see that. The, you're going to see somebody else as the wasp the next time there's a movie. 100%. Wait, what did she say? What did these two girls say? I don't even she, know. Uh, they were both like in the height of like, you know, pushes for vaccines, trying to get everybody to get vaccinated. They both came out against them, and people are allowed to come out against them. It's fine, especially both Letitia Wright and, with, and Evangeline Lilly. Yeah, especially <laughs> with the clarity of 2023. Right. You know, maybe you you we should have asked more questions back then. It's fine. You know, we we were presented with information back then. It's fine. Definitely don't want to spend too much time. I don't want this video getting tagged with anything. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, in fact, I'm going to get vaccinated. I'm going to get like a fifth booster during this video just to negate the fact. But the point is, you know, just, you know, just go on lockdown. If, if Roseanne Barr had had her Twitter disabled 
she would still have a sitcom. I mean, they do that show without her, yeah. you know? And so one terrible, really awful tweet. And it was like, well, you're done now. And it was like, yeah, people shouldn't have social media. It's like <laughs> when you have a big project about to come out, the studio is like, we're going to go ahead and take that from you. We're going to use it to promote your thing. And then after it's out and the money's come in and we know how it's going to do, you go ahead. You, yeah. you go ahead and uh, have an opinion. You the know? irony of all this is we're talking about very, very ba bad tweets and we're James Gunn's the co-president. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. How did James, so, that's a great point, Jeff Winstead. Yeah. Uh, how did James Gunn end up here getting fired from Guardians of the Galaxy 3? <laughs> if it weren't for those tweets that got dug out, he would have probably, I mean, I, I would have assumed he would have stayed over at Marvel forever. You know, they would have turned over a franchise. Maybe he would have done a Star Wars franchise. You know, he would have gotten yeah. something from Disney. Yeah. And instead, it's like DC very wisely is like, hey, you know how everybody hated the Suicide Squad? You want to make a better one? Not like a, not like a great, great, great one, but how about a better one? Yeah, I could do that. This and then it's like, and that's how we got to where we are now. What were you going to say, Jeff Duray? I was just going to say, this is all an elaborate setup. What's really going to happen is once he comes out to like announce his first movie in the DC slate, Chris Hansen's going to walk up on stage and be like, so. <laughs> Why don't you have a seat? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but it, look, it's a great point. I mean, all of it. To catch uh, up on so, and uh, Shazam's coming out in a little more than a month. And uh, we'll, we'll, have, to, uh, we'll yeah. have to schedule another mandate. Uh, to go and see that. Yeah. Although I think uh, I think Heather's going to want to see that one too because she likes uh, she likes Zachary Levi. I guess she doesn't okay. know his stance on big pharma, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in any case, uh, in in terms of the announcements, uh, Will, you kind of mentioned that the Henry Cavill. I think it was Will who mentioned it, the Henry Cavill thing made it so that he had to talk about how he was writing and I guess going to direct a, a Superman movie. How Batman. do we feel about? telling a superman story oh, it's I not see, see. smallville superman it's not origin superman but still kind of like i don't know can we can we consider that like a superman year one or superman, superman year, year two? two it's like the batman yeah. but but superman basically yeah yeah How do you, i'll fine. ask you first will that's fine I, i'm apart I'm from sure the fact it's... that you can't play superman in it for yeah, no. yeah i'm i mean i'll go see it i'm sure it's gonna be good i do like that they're leaning towards the like hope and optimism part of things and i think that's where they were trying to write the ship with the character i when man of steel and batman for superman came out obviously i liked both of those movies and i thought they worked for the time and they were in 180 degrees contrast to marvel which is why i think people hated them um, I do think they'll age better than than people originally perceived them, but it's fine. I'm sure it'll be good. You know, it's like uh, um, I keep my expectations in a different position with the Superman character because it's so easy to lean into corny, which is why I think they went so dark with it that, yeah. uh, you know, I think it's going to have more of the Christopher Reeve feeling just so long as he doesn't, you know, fly around the earth the other way and turn back time. Well, it'll probably be fine. Yeah, so long as he doesn't go horseback riding. Do Ray, what are your thoughts on Aww. this? Uh, what well, I didn't say. Do uh, Ray, <laughs> uh, your thoughts on this Superman? I think, I mean, I'm interested to see how it goes. I really liked Man of Steel, but I know I had a friend of mine who's a big comic book fan who hated it just because he felt like it was the antithesis of what he expected from Superman. Like Superman's all about saving everybody and just like this infinitely good, almost not human at all. Cause he's like, can't have any foibles or whatever. 
So I think it's interesting where you're basically wrestling the two types of Superman that the audience wants, like one that's a little bit more relatable and human with one where my understanding of most Superman stories are it's never about is he strong enough to overcome? It's about how he overcomes whatever he's going to do because he's always strong enough. So it's more about how things are done and how good it is and how much it inspires people in certain ways versus overcoming adversity, which I think is incredibly difficult to put into a movie because you're basically being like, there's no stakes, he's going to win, but how's he going to win? So making a movie where you're kind of grappling with that seems like the perfect way to introduce the the problems that people are having with this character of like, okay, he's Mr. Goody Two-Shoes, but like why and how can that become interesting and relatable? Right. And uh, so Superman Legacy is what this is called. And uh, this is where you get into dangerous territory. They've already told us it's going to come out July 11th, 2025. Uh, but then he said, know. he's like, what if we need to push? We have to, we're going to push. Yeah, it. right. Yeah. And, and he's writing it and not necessarily directing it, uh, you know, so... Um, what about you, Jeff Winstead, about sort of, you know, this non-origin but still younger Superman story, Superman yeah, I, Legacy? I could do an hour on this, just this alone uh, also, because Superman's my guy. So in the problems are what both Jeff and Will have said. People tend to either not get Superman or to misinterpret it the wrong way. And the concern here is we know Gunn's really good at doing heartfelt stuff, but it's joke, 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 heartfelt. Mm -hmm. And Superman isn't that necessarily. And you obviously can't go the peacemaker route. You have to be able to unironically show Superman getting a cat out of a tree. Yeah. And you have to be able to do that straight to understand right. the character. Yeah. If you can't do that and you make a joke, like it's a post-ironic joke about it, and then do the heartfelt stuff, it doesn't work. So I, I was heartened to see that the uh, he's using uh, Grant Morrison's All-Star Superman. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a 12-issue series that DC did. It's sort of the template. And he's implied that, at least. Yeah. Uh, and that's a... Uh, really good story. It's like really heavy on, on what Jeff said. Like it, it's not really about his power so much as how he handles situations and a lot of sci-fi, you know, fantastical elements. So it's also very uh, ambitious. So we'll see if they can pull that off. But I am a little concerned with the whole struggling with his Kryptonian heritage versus his uh, being raised as a human. The, the whole point of Superman, the Kryptonian heritage doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It's almost like a repudiation of identity politics. Right. It, it, it gives him his powers, but he is who he is because he was raised by Midwestern family in the heartland of America, period. Yeah. You know, what happens when you don't have a Kryptonian raised by Midwestern uh, family? You get Zod. Right. That's it. So, so, so it, until you understand that with Superman, you're going to get it wrong. So I'll be curious to see, which is bringing us to the bringing me to the the thing i'm least looking forward to which is the supergirl announcement which, which is what i was going to bring up next so we might as well go to that i will sure. say real quick that yeah, the ahead. struggle between his kryptonian and human and and li earth life is um that's the plot of man of steel so we don't yeah exactly. we um exactly, yeah. so it can we work. got that struggle and it's dark and sad and then uh, yeah. you know we can uh, we cannot we cannot do that again that's fine yeah uh in this uh, project that uh, you know it's, it's interesting coming right off of uh you know there was just the show and obviously the kind of supergirl story being the what 194 movie but uh I, my understanding is that from a few people i'm on a text thread with that uh the source material coming from this uh this book by i think his name is tom king 
uh, and this specific approach to Supergirl seems to be the one that's getting maybe the worst reaction out there. Jeff Winstead, is that sort of, are you in line with that thinking that, you know, I'm sure you like the character of Supergirl. Absolutely. Yeah. But telling this story seems to be the problem. Well, you, you know, of course, one of my favorite comics is Crisis on Infinite Earths number sure. seven, which is the, uh, you know, spoiler alert, is the death of the uh, Silver Age. Oh, Super come Superman. on. Ah, it's, it's, it's a 35-year-old comic. I think people can handle it. But anyway, so yeah, that's what the character is about. This thing, I have not read this thing Tom King did, but as soon as I hear Tom King's name, that's run for the hills territory. Anything I've read by him, and, I, and I've read some stuff. I mean, so I, I, I don't hate him just for the hate him. I don't get his stuff at all. Nothing about his stuff appeals to me. It's, he basically writes, I'm not sure about the Supergirl storyline, but it's it's almost like this weird um, putting himself through therapy through the characters. So he see, tends to not write the characters as themselves. He writes them as him in a costume. Very bizarre. Uh, so, yeah. I, I, and as far as the Supergirl book goes, I don't know anybody who's read it. It didn't do well, as far as I know. So, so we'll see. Will may have, did you read it? Will the his Supergirl? Yeah, I didn't even know he did one. Yeah, um, so there you go. Yeah, I, I I liked some of the stuff he did with Batman for a minute because I think he started in the 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 I've forgotten track of all the fucking reboots, the yeah. rebirth. Um, right. but then kind of just got over it and was like, okay, um. The Heroes in Crisis was a big problem because he made Wally West the killer of all those people. And right. that was immediately like, I will fucking kill you. <laughs> but then, of course, they retconned. I was like, actually, it wasn't him. It was the speed force <laughs> energy that Zoom planted in his body. You know, it's always like Zoom, like it was me, Barry. I did it. Right, right. Um, so they, uh, I, it's just like a mess. I, I remember he was trying to do that New Gods thing with Ava DuVarnay, and that yeah. ended up getting canceled. And I think he's like a good ideas guy, but I think they've tried to position him as sort of like the new Jeff Johns. And I just don't think he understands the lore and the characters as well in that sort of DC does have that tone of like, yeah, things are crazy, but it's pretty optimistic. He's like, a, I know he's like, a, I think he's like a vet and a bunch of stuff. So he kind of leans into the like, let's get a little optimistic, but look at how fucked up this stuff kind of. Uh, he's a CIA up. guy. Right. So and I'm like, he's even darker. I mean, right. So yeah. Yeah. What about all the secrets and how this fucks up all these people? Right, and I'm like, right. every once in a while, that's fine to do, but I don't, don't, don't do it to the Wally West and Booster Gold and these like fun, lighthearted characters and make them like Pete, like fucked up from like killing a bunch of people. I'm like, I don't want to read that story. Yeah. Yeah. The, the only thing I'll say about this is I, I do think this is more pattern on the Marvel. Uh, uh, style, which you look at Marvel's movies, a lot of those movies have been based on, comic storylines or at least the titles of storylines right. from from this century so right like uh, the biggest civil would be war. civil war yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. winter soldier all that and about DC's... secret invasion for tv yeah yeah, yeah. so Love this might Thunder, be which was fucking horrible yeah yes so this might be their attempt <laughs> Agree to, sort to of, disagree sort of too much that. guns and roses but... there's no way you like that movie that's taika's like first draft and they were like fuck it let's just shoot it and they were like okay it it we was, uh, it, it, as it's said bad, in the movie, it was another fun Thor adventure and I didn't need <laughs> any more from it. It's the fourth movie. Look at it as, you know, that's what I was just like, 
Uh, and by the way, I was looking for this cover uh, because you were talking about oh. Crisis Number Seven, and then uh, I was like, "Oh yeah, I kind of forgot that uh, Uncanny X Men at One Thirty Six was actually uh, a very similar." <laughs> uh, George Perez was like, "Oh yeah, I got this." Gene's uh, uh, not really dead in the One Thirty Six cover, so I guess that uh, that makes this one more impactful. But uh, it was actually really hard for me to uh, find a large enough picture of that uh, crisis number seven where S Superman is holding his dead cousin and she stayed dead for a while, right? After crisis. Yeah. And when they, and when they did bring her back, it was all screwed up and yeah, because DC had a mandate at that point to not have any other living Kryptonians other than Superman. Oh, I see. If he got him too, too diluted. Uh, well, so Jean Grey stayed dead for five full years. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I, DC managed to not have a Supergirl for maybe three, <laughs> but oh, okay. this version where it's his cousin was was gone until like 2008. Oh, okay, so, yeah. So yeah, from no, 86 2008, yeah. pretty good run. Yeah, they stayed so, dead for like 25 years. What the fuck? They made it so long. <laughs> yeah, so like you know, just it's like the just record do that in the movies. Uh, Keep yeah. him dead on screen for 25 years. Yeah. is that what you're looking for? And uh, so, all right, well. Uh, so the excitement there is uh, is a little bit lacking. Uh, I shared it from uh, Kami Egan earlier. Uh, Swamp Thing, I think, is an interesting character. There have been several uh, adaptations. You know, there's the 80s movie and then a second movie that uh, is less good, I think I can say. <laughs> but uh, there was a series on, I guess it was on DC Universe back then, and I knew people who liked it. Yeah. But it was one of those things that, like, the tax break went away, and I think it was like North Carolina or something. The tax break went away, and then all of a sudden they're like, "We have no money to make this show," so it stopped at like episode. It was 11. supposed to be ten, and I think they cut it to eight, and then they oh, canceled it, it before the season even came out on DC Universe. Right. And then they re-aired it on the CW, like edited down to remove some of the like gore and profanity. And I right. think the ratings were okay, but it was one of those things where I remember I watched the first three or four episodes and i was like actually re i kind of like this but i didn't finish yeah. it because I, I have this thing about like if it's dead before it begins like why would i why should i invest the right time? but yeah. it feels like right. a risk to like immediately go back to that character after it's had nothing but that was like, my thought problems for 30 yeah. years like they just can't it's like trying to make a hulk solo movie it's like don't do that put him in something else and it kind of works out like swamp thing i'm like softly put swamp thing into something and see if you can yeah. make it work yeah, uh, DC's new Cam era is called stillbirth. Cammy <laughs> <laughs> uh, liked the DC Universe version. It was dark, gritty, and really good. So Cammy uh, Egan is uh, in the uh, pro swamp column, which is great here. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the tone you got to get it right, and it seems like that show in general did. But uh, I guess will if they're going to do it, it's a movie, right? So if they're going to do a Swamp Thing movie, don't tell us that before it comes out. We will definitely never do a sequel. You know, just yeah. uh, this is the only time he'll ever appear. Um, what are your thoughts, Jeff Winstead, on, uh, on Swamp Thing? Take yeah, I've always you know, like the character. Um, it was interesting that James uh, Gunn did say that, that it would totally be different from the other movies, but it would still be part of the universe. So it's not, you know, one of the Elseworlds uh, per se, which, by the way, that Elseworlds thing is going to totally go away. Like once Batman 2 comes out and Joker 2, 
that's just going to be pretty much day. I mean, there, there, there might be some exceptions, but I think that's just because they have to yeah. sort of make I those, those movies. It sounds like they have a contract with Matt Reeves for three Batman movies, okay. which is probably okay. already an ink deal that they also yeah. can't go back on. So right. they'll be like, yeah, you can make these three movies to the side and then we'll just. Right. Right. Yeah. But you know, this is the second, that was the second Swamp Thing show. They actually did a show. Do you remember this at all, Christian? In the, it was, was it syndicated? Like in oh, the, that's in the 90s. Yeah. yeah in the yeah, 90s. Yeah. It, was, it was like the same dude who played him in the costume in the movie. I think. Oh, okay. In the first, you know, the the, the Heather Locklear and uh, uh, the, the the other movie, of, the first movie, the good movie. Two of my old film professors from Long Beach State wrote episodes of that Swamp Thing. Oh, you're kidding! <laughs> wow. wow. They showed it to us in class, like this is what I worked on, and as a film student, I was like. I, I I don't want to say this to your face, but I do not aspire to do this. <laughs> yeah, that's why they were teaching. Yes, yeah. I was yeah. like, my, at, at USC, my lab as a comp teacher wrote I think, one as the Jeffersons, so like a like huge successful show. If you can hear us, your Wi-Fi signal is pretty rough. Yeah, you've gone Brainiac on us, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do you guys hear me now? Yes. You got to reboot your camera. <laughs> and then you all went away for a second. Uh, this is this is the new house and the new internet. Um, uh, you guys talk about uh, something called The Authority. I don't know anything about it. I literally know nothing about it, but that's part of this announcement. Yeah, um, neither do I, funny enough. Oh, I'm sorry. Jeff DeRay, did you have thoughts on Swamp Thing? I realized that uh, the, the internet issues were... Not really. I feel like Swamp Thing is one of those things. Don't they have the exact same character in Marvel that's like the thing or something man like thing. that man, man thing. thing. Yeah. So it's just one of those, like, mm, you might want to stay I, away I, from those kinds of characters right now. Like if you're that, at all trying to make your own thing, maybe that's one where I assume swamp thing was first. Uh, they were almost exactly concurrently and apparently no connection. Like one oh. wasn't a rip off of the other. They're both essentially a rip off of a golden age character called the heap. That makes sense. So, but yeah, apparently there's, they just so happen. It's like the asteroid movies coming out the same year. They just, so pe people have the same idea at the same time. Right. Yeah. Two so. people had, uh, two directors made movies about uh, the explorer, Christopher Columbus, not the film director, because it was the 500th anniversary of, you know, 1492. So, you know, these things happen. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, I'll see what I can do about resetting my, uh, my internet. But uh, Cammy Egan leads us in to talk about the, authority by saying it sounds like it's a cross between the boys and suicide squad uh jeff winstead is that an accurate description uh it's yes uh i don't know about the suicide squad so much because they're not villains uh in the in the strictest sense but this is one of the other weird announcements because if the authority felt i read it you know the first uh 12 issues and it was good for the time but it's feels very locked into the uh when did it come out in the late 90s early 2000s uh, so I don't know how it's, it really doesn't feel relevant at all. It's like doing uh, the shadow or something. You almost have to have it set in that, in the time period of when it was created for it to work. So I don't really, especially with the boys, I don't even see the point of, of doing it. So, Is it, would it be like, it, you know, like Rob Liefeld's young blood, if a comic had, if a movie had come out in like 1994, people would be like, all right, cool. But like, if you did it now, you're like. Really? Yeah, it's almost like, you know, the, the whole point is they're, they are superheroes and they're obviously stand-ins for the Justice League. Um, okay. And they uh, sort of by any means necessary. You know, so you know, it was drawn by Brian Hitch. Uh, it's a really good artwork. But, but basically they think they know better and they want to, to run things, which, you know, kind of made sense in the 
the time period it was made. The only way it works now, if you make it like an, an analogous to the, uh, I don't know, the the uh, World Economic Forum or some, something, you know, I, I'm not really sure. But uh, so we'll see if they can pull that off. I, I'm, I'm not really that interested. I enjoyed it at the time. But I just totally moved on from it. They, they DC tries to bring it back every once in a while. And they've tried to integrate those characters into the mainstream universe, but they they just to, to what we were saying earlier, like DC is a much brighter uh, optimistic place. They just don't fit. Mm -hmm. um, so they, they haven't quite, to my, to my perspective, they never really pulled off uh, integrating them. Are you familiar with these characters, William? I am not. I was okay. like, I had to Google. I was like, what is the authority? Yeah, and honestly, when I read it, I was like, I don't know why we're having this. Let's just, let's not do this. Yeah. It's like a Thunderbolts movie that you get 13, 14, 15 years into doing this. Like now we can do it because we're just fucking around at this point. But in like <laughs> phase one of like, hey, here's our Thunderbolts. I'm like, I get that he did this with Guardians. And I think they're hoping that like you can take a team of from obscurity and launch them to superstardom. But at that totally depends on the cast. So I, I guess, I guess we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, and we've already and Jeff, I'm just assuming that uh, that this is news to you, the authority. But uh, maybe you maybe you found a, a trade paperback and you're like, oh, I'll read this. But uh, we've already talked about how getting a Brave and the Bold Batman is is probably tonally a great thing for a Batman included in the universe. You know, the Christopher Nolan Batman would have been really hard to put in even a Zack Snyder movie. You know, in the Matt Reeves won similarly. Um, I I hope they don't go full Adam West or George Clooney. You know, there's a there's a happy medium where I think Batman stories can be told and uh, have it be part of you know have you be excited for uh, team ups and Brave and the Bold is essentially like a team up book, right? I mean, it's usually or is it usually just Batman and Superman? Yeah, no the the original Brave and the Bold, yeah. it became uh, around the seventieth uh, issue or so. It became a, a Batman and title. So every issue was Batman and Plastic Man, Batman and Supergirl, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. One of my favorite uh, series from DC. Um, it, it was over by '83, but it was a main part of the DC universe uh, in the '70s. So the title has nothing to do with what they're actually uh, doing. What they're the, the whole Damian uh, Robin thing. Right. That's based on a Grant Morrison uh, Batman series from the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. And if they stay fairly true to that, that was a really good run, uh, especially the early issues of it. What I don't understand is how you introduce Damien without also acknowledging the existence of the other Robins before. Yeah. So that's going to be... This is the first ever Robin. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, possible, no. but it's challenging and it seems like a missed opportunity to do Dick Grayson to me. Or a proper Tim Drake, which is who's my favorite. So I'm always going to lean yeah. that because, like, I can see it easily being like, um, it's easy to explain away Dick as like now being a grown up and he's Nightwing and we yep, can yep, do absolutely. a Nightwing movie. Yeah. And then you could be like, here's this other Robin that people maybe only know about because they watched him on that awful show Titans and it, they also didn't do it right. It's like, oh, I was like, this is my first chance. And they were like, actually, we love Damien. And I was like, son of a fucking everyone's uh, least favorite robin why why cammy egan says bring back the bat nipples dominica sex and immediately says no um <clears throat> uh, i heard part of the problem with the batgirl movie is that they went too anatomically correct and she had uh, six nipples down her <laughs> <laughs> she was she was uh, too much bat and not enough girl yeah. yep. uh sky the magnanimous i'm gonna go back and get some of your comments uh they've been very detailed uh we were talking about 
Swamp Thing a moment ago, and I did almost say Man Thing. Uh, James Mangold directed Swamp Thing, and he's gone through the whole thing with Joel Egerton as Alec Holland, Claire Foy as Abby Holland, Jason Bateman as it says Phantom Stranger, but Jason Bateman is anything I'm welcome for. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya as a Floronic Man, and uh, Anna de Armas as Zatanna. I've been reading all his casting choices up above. He's got like everything very specifically cast. And I will say, I would like to see Joe Curie as Wally West. He'd be a good wall. Uh, Dominica Saxon says, I think the heap Swamp Thing Man Thing origin story is pig pen from Peanuts. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you got to figure like they just talk to that kid. Like, every line of dialogue to pig pen is you dirty son of a bitch. You know, <laughs> at some point he's going to flip out. You know, <laughs> it's it's not going to go well. Um, so, yeah, I think that. uh I don't know. I what do you think, Jeff? Do you uh do you welcome a little bit more brighter colored, sunnier Batman take since the one we usually get is dark and then when they try to go lighthearted, they go way in the wrong direction with the aforementioned bat nipples. Yeah. Do Ray. Yeah. Uh, I made well, that mistake again. <laughs> uh I don't know. I I like dark Batman. I think the darkness of Batman is always like the darker Batmans are always my more preferred Batman depictions, right? Because it's like that's when I've read the comics and when I've seen the movies, that's always the one that I find the most interesting is like not the kind of jokey, campy Batman. I just I never really got into that. I mean, I watched those movies growing up and I was always just like, okay. I don't know. But I guess it's too easy to think of the what do you want to like a is it is it even like a Tim Burton era type Batman where he's like zoinks and stuff like that? But, yeah, uh, I don't know. I I think so, it, it'll somebody be should take the 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 Christopher Nolan or Matt Reeves Batman and add in the uh, sound effects like bam, pow. Like <laughs> somebody did, they did like a Matt Reeves inspired, but Alan uh, Adam West. It was really well done. It was like what if Adam West and that cast was in the Batman. And it was like this bizarre mashup of super dark and super flashy. And I remember being like, I would watch the fucking shit out of this movie. <laughs> it was like Lego Batman, but in real life, it was, it was insane. It's uh, it's worth a watch if you find it. Um, well, I wanted to ask about, it's another one that I know nothing about. And uh, hopefully uh, somebody is uh, able to help uh, when I, when I bring it up, I want to uh, be able to show the, uh, the image here. This is uh, for an article from collider.com. What do we know about creature commandos? Cause uh, this image is uh Let's just say I'm less than excited by looking at this. This makes me think of the uh, the old 60s show that I saw as a rerun called Groovy Ghoulies. You know what I'm talking about, Jeff Winstead. I feel like you have to be. Just loosely, but yeah. Yeah, yeah that's all right. Uh, well, Jeff Winstead, Creature Commandos, sure. what do we know? Okay, so this was a uh, this was a team of what they obviously look like created in the 1970s uh, DC title called Weird War Tales. So they were basically like the Frankenstein monster and his uh, group here fighting Nazis. That was the original premise. DC has, over the years, occasionally brought them back. I don't know that they've even really reached cult status. I mean, people barely know them. I think the closest they came is uh, Grant Morrison again, did some stuff with this Frankenstein's monster character uh, in the early 2000s. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, this was another sort of out of left field. But this, like you were saying about Guardians of the Galaxy, this might be the James Gunn's bread and butter. Like this is looks like the kind of thing he could do well, and and, uh, and pull off. I do think it's interesting that his the character that his brother was that Weasel character or uh, from yeah. uh, Suicide Squad. He's a Firestorm villain. Never connected to this at all. But hey, let's make sure my brother gets a job. Seems, <laughs> and seems now to be his why wife. Included. Yeah. 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 Yes. Exactly. Yeah. It's really interesting uh, that that everything's getting rebooted except for his side of the universe, which was <laughs> yeah, my wife and my brother. Well, yeah. Even though like the Suicide Squad movie didn't do well either, those things get to stay. It kind of reminds me of when they uh, rebooted the the uh, DC universe in 2011. The the only title that was mostly untouched was Green Lantern because it was Jeff Johns' thing. So, but, uh, so yeah, that, that's that's creature commandos. It's it could be a fun but concept, but it, there's no real template for it. it making the point, uh, you know, comparing it to Guardians of the Galaxy and obviously the Suicide Squad. Yeah, this does seem like the sort of you know offbeat, unusual characters that uh, James Gunn could you know do some interesting things with. Uh, Will or Jeff DeRay, uh, the This is uh, is this something you're familiar with at all, or is this uh, also something that had to be Googled after the announcement? I'm not familiar with it, but I would say it looks more like it would be in line with like Hellboy, right? Yeah. Like that he looks like he's missing from that lineup. It just, it seems like it, when I look at that picture, it reminds me more of like the Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro uh, Hellboy movies. It's the kind of like Nazi offshoot, like monster universe, but DC connected kind of a thing. Right. Uh, same for you, Will. Yeah, at, at this point with some of these things, it feels like James Gunn is like showing off his obscure knowledge of weird side characters just to be like, bet you didn't know about these people. Well, we're going to invest <laughs> a lot in them multiple times. Like it's like the same exact thing as the authority. It's a cartoon, so maybe it's yeah. a little less expensive. And but if that's uh, all they wanted. Right. They could have hired me. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the yeah. slate. It's called Gods and Monsters, and it features no one you fucking ever heard of except <laughs> Superman. And uh, anybody who wants to know the groovy ghoulies. Oh, yeah, like Count Chocula and Frankenstein. Yeah, it's basically, and, uh, yeah, it's like a Wolfman, uh, Dracula. And, that's the uh, show I'd like to see the, the, the serial characters brought to life in a sort of DC animated team up. Booberry so, and, and Frank and, you know, oh, Bo Bo yeah, whatever. So, but Bo in a blueberry year one killing people yeah. and turning them into the cereals yeah exactly kids murdered and turned into delicious bites of sugar actually jim yeah. lee did box art for that a couple years ago did he really yeah yeah for all the all the flavors all the monsters here. so it's almost there jim lee like really hit this like peak of fame as yeah. a comic book artist which pretty much no one ever has hit in this no. capacity and like him doing that is like god it's do you really need this money that much that you're like, well, here's my take on Count Chocula. Right. I'm like, you fucking joke. What is this? It's like, you've surpassed the term selling out. What does this even mean? Uh, Sky says, Commandos is an interesting idea for an animated series. But I'm not that excited, unfortunately. I don't know why. Maybe I just want a new Justice League animated series. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's, there's always, you know, focus on characters and situations that you would prefer to see uh we're gonna get to an amanda waller show seems like uh she's going to uh stick around um i kind of like the way that they've used her tremendous actress i'm not saying that but i was like uh, do i do i need a show with her what do you think jeff DeRay? no i don't need yeah. a show with her she's look because it's like 
let's make a show about somebody who's only interesting based on who they interact with, not right. themselves. And that yeah. just seems like a recipe for disaster to me. Like everything that makes Amanda Waller interesting is that you basically hate her. Like every movie you see her, she's not at all good, not at all relatable. It's about what everybody else who's essentially under her purview, purview does in spite of her to make things like interesting or save the day or whatever. So I'm just like, what are you, how are you going to like drag, pull, drag that out into a show? And I, are you going to try and make her more relatable, which I think you don't need. Cause like she needs to be this basically like she embodies the evil of the government, right? Where it's like Superman used to be like, and I fight for the American way, but now that's kind of gotten corrupted. Cause it's like, well, the American way is actually bought out by corporations way. So Amanda Waller seems like she represents that version of things where it's like, oh, the American way, but really just American interests, which are really money. That seems like, or that's my assessment of an Amanda Waller character. So I just, I don't know. Maybe they will cleverly make an interesting show based on that. Maybe it'll be like more episodic where it's like the different people she's interacting with or scenarios. But in general, I don't see it. It's not something where I'm like, ah, yes, Amanda Waller. Like, that's somebody I really want to flesh out. Yeah, it's like they, they use her really well. It's almost like doing a, uh, a a Charlie's Angels reboot about Charlie, you know? like the, It's like, no, 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 you send everybody off on the missions. and That's really what your uh, job is. Uh, Will, are you uh, of a similar mind when it comes to an Amanda Waller series? Yeah, I think it's that thing where it's like he's clearly keeping some of the people from the previous thing. So I think, you know, there's a good chance Jason Momoa and Gal Gadot and those some of these people will stick around. But and he with Peacemaker, he's like, well, I kind of started to set this up. So I'm going to going to keep what I was doing, which this yeah. girl is the daughter of Amanda Waller. So it's like, which I get, you know, he's now gets to call the shots and he's like, so if I can make it work with what I already did, that would be tremendously helpful. So I'm just going to do that. Uh, and I think he's just worked with her now like a couple times and probably likes her and they probably shot the yeah. shit about what to do with this character that I think it could be interesting. But I do think Jeff is right. I mean, her whole uh, her whole character is that she's like the most despicable person on the planet and no one likes her. Um, and uh, so I'm interested to see how she leads a show without being because she's just a huge villain. You know what I mean? Like she's not. I, Maybe they've had some moments where she's like, "All right, we'll have a ceasefire," but she's not a she's not a good not a good person. So I don't know. Um, curious. I think Viola Davis can carry it, obviously. But sure, uh, absolutely. I think they're probably going to weave in a lot of maybe they'll build some of these creature commandos, authorities characters out of this television show just to get people, <laughs> you know, familiar with them. We'll see. I, the. Yeah. I, I just had a thought. I remember I was I watched that Young Justice show, which I thought was pretty interesting. And she was connected to all that like cloning experimental stuff they were doing with I think it was called Cadmus or something like that. Things like that are more interesting, but it's really not centered around Amanda Waller. So it seems like she really her best purpose would be to like foray into these other parts of the like building blocks of this universe and the other things that are going on and like governmental agencies. But again, it's like as a singular character, I, it can't really be that much about her or at, at least to maintain the character that we've met so far. And maybe that's what they're trying to do is change it. 
Uh, Cammy Egan says, I agree that we don't need a Waller show. Maybe they'll take a deep dive into her background. Uh, Jeff Winstead, uh, do you feel like we need to, you know, visit with Amanda Waller every week for, I don't know, 10 to 13 weeks? No, I suspect it'll be it'll be a fine show, but Jeff said it all, so that's uh, the perfect yeah. take. So. Sky says, I love Viola Davis as Amanda <laughs> Waller, but I don't think we need an Amanda Waller series, a limited TV series based on a Waller team up with assassins to take out legion of doom would be cool i mean that's a cool idea yeah i like if it's like a four-part standalone series and it's a bridge to other series i I think that could work it didn't sound like that's what this is though um i want to talk about sort of the uh emerald jewel as you will uh for uh you know excitement in terms of potential uh i mean they were supposedly working on something with the green lanterns for hbo max but uh now they're doing something different so will yeah uh, let me start with you uh for lanterns not to be confused with the ben affleck starring phantoms but lanterns uh what uh do you uh what do you think about what they said and what are your hopes for getting some green lantern in this chapter one uh the gods and monsters chapter of the dcu um it's cool i mean it's always been something that what if done well could be like one of the fucking most badass things ever because green lanterns are like infinite and everyone thinks how corny they are but obviously as we talk about jeff johns like as a writer that's something that he really stuck the landing on and became kind of took that character it's been on he's been popular on and off but i think made people more aware of him mainstream. And so I think they felt emboldened to do this movie, but then did it really horribly. So a show done in that way gives it enough space to, to across episodes, like break down how complicated it is. Like if people think rocket raccoon is like silly, like there's a squirrel green lantern, there's a green lantern. Who's literally a whole planet, you know, like there's uh, all these like kooky things. That I don't know if they're going to get that. A deep woman. Into it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what? look, you had me at squirrel, but now, uh, how can you be gr- how can you be Green Lantern if you don't know how to drive? Wait, I'm missing what I said that became this joke. The planet? Well, no, Jeff said woman. Oh, oh, they do. <laughs> I mean, they've got a couple of them. Um, so I don't know. It, it, I think it'd be fun, and it sounds like it's a team up of Hal Jordan and John Stewart, which is which is smart. I think obviously yeah. John Stewart, in terms of the world that we're living in, w- creating opportunities for diversity is very important but Hal Jordan's like an iconic character and I, I want to see them working together I don't need it to be separate and you can introduce other fan favorites Guy Gardner I think we've talked about on this show who's who's a lot of fun and Kyle Rayner and stuff like that because he's a Guy Gardner's the one who's a douche right yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I would yeah. like to see that a lovable one, douche Christian a lovable right. douche yeah, yeah. maybe That's... I could play Guy Gardner um, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so I think it'll be cool again it's like if anything is done right like it can be cool um, I think they have to take it seriously enough, but not so seriously that they can't have a little bit of fun with how insane the premise is. Um, before I move on to you guys, uh, Sky, I liked the idea of Lanterns being on HBO Max, but I really want a big budget feature film. Get ready for this, uh, audio audience. 2001 A Space Odyssey meets Lethal Weapon. Um, I John would Stewart be ready- sees a 
baby on a bed in a tube and he looks at Hal Jordan and he goes, I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. It's like I'm only I'm only uh you know two weeks away from retirement from the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. And so I'm just trying to, you know, not chase any cases where I'll be in uh yeah. in any real danger. Uh Jeff Winstead, your thoughts on uh what is uh, hopefully a a good inspired pr- approach towards Green Lantern in Lanterns. This is probably the, the cleverest announcement because it sidesteps. Doing it as a show is good because they already botched the movie. Right. Uh, how uh, John Stewart is Green Lantern, like a whole generation of kids who grew up with the Justice League Unlimited show. Mm-hmm. So uh, using John Stewart is good. Uh, obviously, how having them be partners and sort of it, it sounds like it actually is going to be taken very seriously because he compared it to True Detective. Uh, and I, I think uh, keeping it, he says it's going to stay terrestrial, so they're not going to do Kilowog and all the other Green Lanterns. Oh. It doesn't sound like too much in this, at least uh, in the outset. And he, uh, James Gunn, really underlined sort of basically this is going to set up the future DC movies. Like whatever the mystery is that they're, because they're space cops, so whatever the mystery right. is that they're uncovering is the mystery that's going to lead into some of these movies, it sounds like. Uh, so it sounds like it's, it's, it's going to be a show with consequences and it's a good take on the characters. You know, I don't need it to be as gritty as true detective. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Uh, agree to disagree. 50% it, true I mean, it could be, I mean, it's fine, but I don't know if that need it, you know, cause like, yeah, I, I'd be what? like, we were talking about booster gold. So like, I don't need that to be rated R the way peacemaker was, but right. what, you know. All right, but what if Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson find Green Lantern rings, and basically it is a season of True Detective meets Green Lantern? Uh, Jeff, which Ray, one of them has up. to be in blackface in this scenario? Mm. Both. Both of them. Yeah, oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that's the problem. Uh, Jeff Duray, what are your thoughts apart from the uh, the True Detective series that we just mapped out? Uh, the actual approach. Uh, what are your uh, your expectation for Green Lantern? I mean, I know you've watched, you've read a ton of stuff, but I know that you've seen many, many animated movies and series. So uh, this must be a character that you'd like to see done some justice. No pun intended. They actually, they um, fairly recently did a Green Lantern movie centered around Jon Stewart, that animated one. That was pretty good. It was like, beware my power or something. And it's essentially he becomes a a lantern and then is kind of figuring it out because he didn't like get the ring in any official capacity, just kind of like picks it up. So, and I like Jon Stewart as a character. I I like this idea of the kind of grizzled veteran. I think that kind of fits in when you, you compare it yeah. to True Detective. He's kind of more like your Matthew McConaughey type character. Like he's a lot more serious and a lot more, I don't know what you would call it. But uh, I think using True Detective as like, a, oh, it's going to be kind of like that for me. Because the first season of True Detective is one of my all time favorite seasons of a TV show. I just, I loved it. So if it can match how much I enjoyed that, wonderful. Uh, it's lofty. It's a lofty goal, but it makes sense. It makes sense to make them what they are and, and kind of contextualize what they are in a little bit more of a grounded way, right? Space cops. Whereas we've seen Green Lantern things before, it's more in the idea of like infinitely powered superheroes because this giant yellow blob is going to come get us. If you take it down a few steps to like, these are basically cops that work on a intergalactic police station planet, and they're having to like deal with their whatever is under their purview. I think it makes it a much more re- potentially relatable and interesting show. 
uh, and then you can kind of get into your crazier characters afterwards. Once you've established like these are cops, then it can be like, and this squirrel is a cop. And maybe that'd be interesting too. But it's like, if you really hammer out like, okay, this is, this is what their role is. This is why they fit into this idea of like galactic peacekeepers and everything else. And I think the Green Lanterns are always more interesting in DC because they care about so much more than just Earth, right? Like you've got this massive swath of powered people that are just like, this planet is the only one that matters and the things we have here are what count. But then it's like, well, there's a huge galaxy and half your planet seems to be filled with people from around. So maybe you might care about other places. And it seems like your Green Lanterns are the easiest and best way to kind of do that because that's their whole job. Yeah. And uh, I can't ever have this conversation go by without uh, saying something along the lines of I'm just interested in seeing how you can juggle being Green Lantern and the host of The Daily Show at the same time. (laughs) Sky with more casting. Bradley Cooper as Hal Jordan. John David Washington as Jon Stewart. I think he's phenomenal. Penelope Cruz as Jessica Cruz. Same last name. And Luke Evans as Sinestro would be an interesting take. I love how uh sky uh, is, has his bags packed with all of this cast i think everybody like that call me Warner brothers i got everybody yeah. for you. yeah i know how come you how hey sky sky the magnanimous eight how come you never once all this casting has been lacking will sterling as yeah, anyone who am I? Uh, Interstellar meets true detectives and watchmen on Earth and in outer space for Lanterns TV series and HBO Max with a hundred and eighty million dollar budget could be something cool. I love that you're also developing the budget. Um, <laughs> I, I would say the thing that uh, feels like the most reminiscent of the old guard in a negative way is this Paradise Lost show. This uh, Wonder Woman without Wonder Woman. So, you know, because we've had Batman without yeah. Batman. Oh, we've yeah. had Superman without Superman in the, the Krypton show. And it's just like, I don't know, you'd like to think that they've kind of learned that it's like, it's kind of interesting, but not, you know, it's like a backup feature in an ongoing comic book, you know, like an eight yeah. chapter story about like, here's this flashback to, to, you know, Themyscira, which I always say wrong, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't see a lot of uh, potential for a show that I would be excited about, but Jeff Duray, what do you think? I think the biggest problem I it's I have no I don't know what to expect from it but I think the biggest problem when I think about it as a concept is you're basically introducing the idea of god into this universe right like the greek gods because that's what Themyscira seemed to be to come from like that's why Diana had to fight Ares in the first Wonder Woman movie and that just seems to me like it's going to muddy the waters because it's like if you've got all these other things going on, you're going to introduce the idea that like, oh, there are gods that exist somewhere, maybe. And they just don't have play any part in what's happening in the world now. But they did a long time ago, maybe. I thought it was interesting in the uh, Justice League stuff where we were seeing like Zeus and them fighting uh, Apoc- or not Apocalypse, uh, Darkseid and all that right in the, the Snyder mm-hmm. Cut where it's just like, ah, okay, so these are like old powered beings that could have just been considered gods because they were like this other thing. So it kind of fit in with this world. Then it didn't make as much sense that Ares was still alive and hanging out. I don't know. I just think, again, the concept of gods in a world of powered beings is confusing unless you're like really going to explain it. And if you're not having Wonder Woman in it, it's almost like, no, we don't need to explain it. This is just an old... Amazonian hangout. 
I don't know. I it it seems like it could be boring, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, Will does this sound like it could be like the uh, the 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 Senate parliamentary hearings in the uh, Star Wars prequel trilogy, <laughs> where it's just My like no, 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 let's talk more. Kid. Yeah, yeah, let's get some more of this. Uh, what do you think? The, it is one of those things where I feel like uh, Pat Oswald did this bit in his stand-up a long, long time ago about how he doesn't understand kind of why we got the Star Wars prickles and stuff. Cause he's like, I don't care where the stuff I love comes from. I just love the stuff I love. It's like, if I ran into George Lucas on the street and he's like, do you want a dish of ice cream? And he was like, yeah, that'd be great. I would love some ice cream. He's like, well, here's a bag of rock salt. You start with this. And so sometimes like with these kinds of characters <laughs> and these kinds of stories, I'm like, Oh my fucking God, who cares? Just make a good third wonder woman movie. Like if Patty Jenkins script was so bad, start over and, you put her this is what we want to see i don't it's not that i don't want to see any of these ladies on themiscare but we we saw them in the first two movies and those were cool scenes i want to see them now <laughs> doing wonder woman things you put donna troy in there put cassie in there put all these other like cool characters in the present that we could do i don't care where the stuff i love comes from i just love the stuff i love <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't disagree with everything you said. Uh, it's uh, you know I I there's uh, there's someone who uh, lingers in chats on a number of shows that I do that uh, defends Gotham, and at just a certain point, I just stopped oh. caring. And I think it was Pilot reasonably well done. Batman Begins, go. And yeah. Batman right. Begins, go. Right, right. But Batman Begins, oh fuck, and it went on for like <laughs> eight years. And then he was uh, like the shittiest looking. But when they cut away and they kind of show him in that shot, I was like. Oh my God! You guys should all jump off a bridge for this. What the fuck? <laughs> Apparently, they haven't you ever seen what Batman should look like? What like, is this? Is that sixteen-year-old child wearing cardboard? This is like the worst, <laughs> like worse than a Party City costume. Apparently, they were told you can show Batman, but he can't look like this, 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 or this. Or they had oh. to strip elements off the costume. They had to keep way. cheesing it down. for some reason, the, the movie like the fucking knockoff and, action figures yeah. you buy in Tijuana at the little shops, yes. where it's like an arm of Spider-Man and Batman's head, and it's like future of future of man who likes bats. You're like man bat. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Winstead, man bat, notwithstanding. What are your thoughts about this uh, Paradise Lost show? Yeah, this is totally pointless. So the and obviously this is their attempt to sort of have the trilogy. We got a Batman project, we have a Superman project, we have a Wonder Woman project. Oh, but we can't do a Wonder Woman project because the whole thing is we have to destroy and make you forget about everything that we've done before. We just fired Henry Cavill. We're going to fire Gal Gadot. We can't tell you that because she, she's too beloved. So we're going to start with this Paradise Island thing and build towards Wonder Woman. But nobody cares. So unlike Green Lantern, where you the, the Lanterns show, where they say uh, it's uh, you know space cops meets True Detective, that sounds interesting. Like that's a mashup, like mm -hmm. all the things that uh, Sky the Magnanimous is is throwing out there. But when you say this is Paradise Island, it's it's Westeros. Well, that's not a mashup of anything. Like who cares? Right, yeah. we are, we're seeing Westeros. We're seeing it now. Like we've just seen it. Like we don't need any more of that 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 tonal stuff. You yeah. have to give us something interesting. They, he didn't present it as anything fresh or interesting at all. Yeah, Sky likes the idea of Paradise Lost TV series and HBO Max. I don't like the idea of Wonder Woman not being involved. I want Amazon's Attack adapted to the big screen as a Wonder Woman film reboot. I um, think comparing this to Game of Thrones is is probably a killer. 
because it's like you already have tried a prequel and it's not successful enough that you ended up canceling all your other spinoffs. And it basically, it's like, they're like, well, we want to do Game of Thrones again, but those dragons are fucking expensive. So what can we do <laughs> to kind of get away from that? And maybe yeah. just have more people. On it's it, it's an example that I use a lot, which is uh, the ABC network. Uh, the original Battlestar Galactica, very high rated show. Uh, people liked it. It was so expensive. They were like, yeah, can you give us that without like all the stuff that people like? So they come up with Galactica 1980 where they go to Earth and there's like only a couple occasions during an episode of like, here's a laser shot off camera, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. Uh, And uh, yeah, it's like sometimes if you're going to tell a story, you have to tell it in a big screen way wait so it's and, is house of the dragon have less dragons in it than game of thrones do no it has a shitload of dragons and that's probably why it was so expensive it's weird it's called they house did. of the dragon oh it's, no uh, there's Dominic- a ton of dragons tons of them got it Dominic- Dominic- saxon right says too. if you're going to bring up man bat you have to give an honorable mention to mansquito mm-hmm. i have to find the mansquito artwork who uh, did that with- I actually don't remember, and uh, I'm embarrassed to say that I don't remember who did it. But it was like a comic book artist. Yeah, it was someone. Yeah. Um, didn't Chuck Dixon have? Oh crap! What's that guy? He's a Canadian. He's uh, yeah. I'm, Chuck Dixon was uh, a fan of the show, and uh, yeah, Will, if you and I actually talked to him once. I uh, think we did. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I know the guy, he, but I can't. His name's. I can't remember tongue, his but... name. I know it's, it's uh, it's funny because I think it's the it's the header on the black cast Twitter, maybe, but I don't think it actually has. Um, While I'm looking for that, Will Sterling, my understanding is that you need to go momentarily. Is that an accurate? Momentarily, uh, yes. Yes. Um, While we're talking about it, I will share the Mansquito art. My apologies, profuse apologies. I can look it up, but I actually, because it's just this little cropped version of it, it, I can't see the signature, <laughs> but <clears throat> I do love that somebody took the time to do it. And uh, I, I'm embarrassed at the moment that I don't remember who it was, uh, but I will give them credit on our next episode. Uh, so uh, I have uh, some, some other things to talk uh, with uh, young agent Starling with in the future, but we'll save it uh, for uh, another time. Uh, will I'm uh, going to uh, let you get about your day. And then the the council of Jeffs and I will uh, read through a couple of these comments, and uh, then I I will ask uh, <laughs> Jeff one uh, a question about something else. But okay. uh, we'll we'll let you go. The book is not available for pre order yet, or can not yet. Okay. Fame by Misadventure. Okay. You know, keep an eye out for it. It uh, I'm gonna once I have more stuff, I'll roll out stuff on social media. So will this be a, a novel style? Yes. Oh novel. great. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It's yeah. very exciting. At- at Will Sterling underscore uh, on a future show, uh, Will, I have to play you uh, some things from Blackcast episode one because, as some of you know, uh, our previous Blackcast, I was oh, joined okay. by Carl from Who Are These Podcasts and we analyzed our first episode. And uh, he was very nice to me because it was to my face, but uh, nicer than I deserved. And uh, there's some things. There's me, some things you're going to hear. But what I what I was reminded of first was that your Twitter actually used to be at will underscore Sterling underscore. You no, two, you had like two underscores in it at one point. I did. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then this you finally were like, ago. how about just one, how about just one underscore? Yeah. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. But we'll revisit that in the future. Uh, with there, uh, I, I I will uh, figure out when you're available, but I'll let people know about uh, our next show. But find you at Will Sterling underscore uh, for now because the, right. just at Will Sterling, that dude is not going to let go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. But um, all right. Well, Will, right. thank you for for your time and uh, your service uh, to the Blackcast Army. And uh, <laughs> you are not discharged, but I will pin a medal on you the next time you're on the show. Oh, good. Okay, thank you. You're Bye. Well. Bye. Yeah. I believe um, the artist's name was Paul Ravosh. Yes. Thank you. Paul Ravosh. That yeah. I, and my apologies to Paul. We've traded messages. It was just here's the thing. I didn't get up today and think I was going to talk about Mansquito. So it just yeah, wasn't yeah. in my head. Thank you, yeah. uh, Jeff, for yeah, finding he's, that. He's a good design artist too. Like he did yeah. a lot of work on the animated shows, the DC animated uh stuff. So yeah, he's really, yeah. really good artist. I, I'm, and you know what? Because uh, I, I botched, you know, giving him appropriate credit. Thank you, Paul Ravosh, for drawing this somewhere within the last decade. <laughs> but uh, uh, I mean, Mansquito was such a was such a fun moment in time, really. And Jeff Duray, Mansquito, I think uh, actually certainly predates you because I don't think we were even talking about it by the time you came around in 2015. Yeah, but he's got a lot of buzz. <laughs> oh, and now I don't have the bell because it's in the other office. All right, Sky. So Paradise Lost is basically going to be Hunger Games meets Game of Thrones with Greek gods, but no Wonder Woman. Not going to work. But Diana Prince in the TV series give it depth and substance. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think that uh, there's a lot of these that, uh, you know, the idea just doesn't sound good, but uh, I don't know. Um, there were a few of these, uh, sky said, I would love, uh, to see a prisoners meets dragged across concrete and run all night brave and the bold feature film in the new DC cinematic universe. I'd be all for that. I actually don't know what he's referencing. Does that make sense to you, Jeff Winstead or Jeff Duray? It's just extreme violence yeah. and extremely yeah. okay. dark tonally. So okay. Prisoners is the one with Hugh Jackman where his daughter's okay. kidnapped. Yes, I do remember uh, that now that you say it. Yes, yes, Dragged yes. Across Concrete is with, oh, what's his name? Uh, Vince yeah. Vaughn. Vince Vaughn and he and basically like, Yeah, he basically, there's a lot of like, you're watching heads explode when he's like stomping on people kind of a shit. It's just like uber oh. violence. Oh, yeah, that was a Cell Block 99, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was the Dragged Across Concrete was, a, was it's the same director, but it was a cop movie with Vince Vaughn and uh, uh, Mel Gibson. Yeah, but I mean, I remember it Super was violent. very violent. Yeah. There's a lot of violence in <laughs> yeah. those movies. He's, basically, he wants to see some real, like, cut them in half shit. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I think that, uh, look, there's a time and place for that. Uh, you know, the uh, Invincible animated series that uh, Jeff Dubray and I have talked about in the past is uh, it's fascinating uh, how far that went and the fact that we're still waiting almost this entire year to get more. Uh, a big takeaway, I think, from all of this, uh, Sky sums this up well. I think that the WBDC having a new slate, establishing a new DC cinematic universe with having DC Elseworlds universe is great, but there's still going to be problems going forward. Complaints galore. Look, I think there will be problems. There will be speed bumps. You figure out ways to kind of address them. You know, I think uh, sometimes you can overcorrect. The first season of uh the star trek series discovery 
there were complaints about what the Klingons looked like and this and that. And there were so many complaints. And then so there's like dialogue in season two about like, well, those Klingons were different Klingons than the ones that we, you know, and it was just like, oh, no, just don't just switch it and we'll figure it out. You know, like you can you can put like a, you know, a, 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 a commentary track available on like Paramount Plus if you want to change something. Or in this case, uh, it would actually be, uh, you know, I guess HBO Max. Uh, well, we'll miss this idea. I think that a Wally West film in the new DC Cinematic Universe would be cool. Ferris Bueller's Day Off meets Back to the Future. Would love to see Charlie Rowe or Joe Keery as Wally West. And um, I should have my glasses on because I did almost read that as Charlie Rose or John Kerry. <laughs> uh, by the way, neither one would be a good Wally West. I'm just going to have to go out there and say neither Charlie Rose. Um, anyway, I think I got everything in this slate. I, I tried to not just list it off and, uh, you know, just try to have more of a natural conversation. Uh, and we sort of talked about what it is that, uh, you know, people were uh, interested in. Uh, Jeff Winstead, you popped in in the chat in a uh, conversation that'll be our next audio episode of the Blackcast, uh, which is was with uh, Andy Smith and uh, Dennis Turner. I actually forgot to t- I forgot you were a fan of Andy Smith's work, and I forgot to message you that. Uh, oh, I'm talking to Andy Smith. Oh, that's and, good. I uh, just we, happened to, to catch it. That's so it was I'm a good time. Glad you caught it. Yeah, yeah and we yeah. touched on some of this stuff, but uh, it's a great conversation for fellow nerds because we spend easily the first half hour uh, of that conversation that people will hear in the audio version next week uh, about just books that we've seen at conventions and most expensive books. And I will let you know that Dennis has a great story about how he has an X-Men number one. And I'm not talking about the Jim Lee X-Men number one. I'm talking about the Stan and Jack X-Men number one, the condition he got it in, which I think I'll let people uh, it'll unfold for people, but Jeff Winstead, am I, Am I uh, am I am I giving too much credit to this story, or was it actually pretty impressive to hear? No, it's a really good. If you're into this stuff, if this is if this yeah. is your your level of nerdum, then this is uh, yeah, it's yeah. Good, it's, if it's yeah, if, if if you were bored to tears on this conversation that we just had, you're not gonna, you're really <laughs> right. not gonna enjoy that one. But uh, and you know he's got a he's got a uh, Indiegogo. Yeah, it was Indiegogo, not Kickstarter, for right. a series Andy does called Core Drath. And uh, we'll talk about that in next week's audio episode. Um, but uh, so I was like getting to see that sort of a thing. Uh, also, letting people know that uh, in in two weeks on the Blackcast, we'll be joined by our friend Zia Anderson. If you want to catch that episode live, that'll be Thursday, February 9th, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern the day before that is my birthday so i expect uh, i'm not set up for super chats so uh just just find me on venmo and send me random money that's what i really want no i just want to be able to celebrate so we'll do more stuff like that uh jeff winstead i'm gonna let you go and uh give jeff to a talking to no i want to talk to you about something that uh, neither winstead nor will would have any interest in con- uh, having a conversation about but uh last battle of the revolution is uh, available on Amazon. And uh, is there an estimated date for when we can get, you said Antarctic Press is doing the alternate, right? Yeah, they're doing it in an anthology called Exciting Comics. Uh, the first part is supposed to be out. It's, their, it's the 100th anniversary issue of the title. So it's supposed to be out March 1st is what they're saying now, but there have been what they call supply chain issues that have, has delayed it a couple of times already. 
So we'll see if that happens, but in the, in the next uh, month or month and a half or so. Okay, great. Well, we'll make sure to find an excuse to have you back so we can talk about that once it's available. And uh, yeah, the supply chain issues, it's easy to just kind of throw your hands up in the air, but the thing that it sounds like it's the hardest with is vinyl. I know Jeff DeRay is a Mm -hmm. uh, aficionado of vinyl. Uh, A lot of albums will come out like, yes, you can get it on streaming. Now, if you want the CD, you can get it. The vinyl will be available in seven months. Wow. <laughs> because there's there's only a few plants where they make vinyl the right way i guess interesting just, yeah so uh if you if if jeff if you did your audiobook for battle of the revolution and you want to release it on vinyl it's going to be a while mm. before it uh, comes out uh, uh at jeff winstead on twitter correct that's right that's correct and instagram and instagram and uh people can even find you on facebook if they want to yeah, because that's right remember that's how we started talking it that's was right. about Crisis on Infinite Earths versus Secret Wars, a conversation we still haven't had on the show. We'll get to it. It It'll be worth all the buildup. Yeah. Well, uh, Jeff Winstead, thank you as always. Uh, Always appreciate having you on the show. Uh, Dominicus Saxon said that uh, the next episode, two episodes from now, is a must miss. (laughs) Just kidding. Love Zia. There is someone in the chat who does not like Zia, but that's okay. (laughs) He's not here today. Uh, Jeff Winstead, thank you so much for your time. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Good talk to you both. All right. All right. So, uh, Jeff DeRay, I wanted to talk to you uh, about uh, something that uh, people talk a lot about in the neck of the woods that uh, you live in, even though he hasn't lived there in a while. Tom fucking Brady. And the reason why I want to talk about him is uh, obviously, you know, big part of uh, New England sports, obviously, you know, if they're were a Mount Rushmore built in the 21st century. He would be on it. Uh, But uh, he retired last year from the Buccaneers. And then he came back and didn't have like the worst season, had some really bad games, Uh, got into the playoffs, had a bad playoff experience. And he's like, you know what? I'm done. Uh, What are your thoughts on him uh, walking away from the NFL? Should he have done it last year? Should he have done it when he left the Patriots so you didn't have to see him win a Super Bowl for Tampa? Or what are your thoughts about Tom fucking Brady? Well, look, as a New England fan where it's like, really, I love I was I, I became originally my first like big falling in love with the Patriots was back in like 95, 96. We had a running back, Curtis Martin, who I loved. I thought he was right, so cool. Yeah. We traded him to the Jets, and I was heartbroken. Oh, that's why I remember him. He was <laughs> on the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, so, like, by the time Tom Brady came in, I had already been, like, following it a little bit. And then it was just, like, obviously, at this point, the majority of my fandom centered around Tom Brady's Patriots. So... In that sense, and now like several years removed from him leaving, it's easy to appreciate the legacy he had and like the, uh, you know, gift as a sports fan to get to watch somebody be unprecedentedly successful for your team. That said, yeah, it would have been nice to see him just stick with our team and then retire from our team because of that unprecedented yeah, of success, course. right? Uh, I don't think that it, it I think may. <laughs> maybe less so than where it's like with Joe Montana, right? He wouldn't play for the chiefs, but you only ever think of him as a 49er at this point with Brady. Are you only really going to think of him as a Patriot or are you going to remember his bucks era? Because he did have success there. He went and won a super bowl in his first year. I think it, it muddies the water in terms of that legacy for that single team a little bit. 
Um, I think it's awesome seeing him have such a great career again because of what he did. And, and just in general, it's cool to get to watch and like really be a part of somebody having a phenomenal career. Like I'm, if I was younger or sorry, if I was older and I got, and I was a big fan of basketball, I'm think getting to watch Michael Jordan throughout his prime would have been a treat. Um, in terms of like, I don't need them to do this bullshit one day contract. It's like, no, you left. You left and that was your decision. So we don't right. need to do this. Like you retired as a patriot. No, you <laughs> retired as a buck twice. So yeah, twice. Yeah. Like I think the fact that he retired and then came back and had such a drama filled bullshit year is like, this is exactly why I don't, I'm just like, you should have, it would have been nice if we could have just had a clean ending here, but it's like, you went, you went like, no, let me come back for another one. And then it was just like, no, don't, don't do that. You got divorced. You had a bunch of like shitty games. You led a awful team yeah. into an awful There's... division where like, you shouldn't have even made the playoffs and you right. only did because you play for in the worst division in football. <laughs> so it's just like, I think those things are bad for this leg. It, 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 I think it's it sucks because it's like look at Kobe's career and then his last game, right? Like Kobe is a Laker. He had a phenomenal career as a Laker and he had an uncanny last game. He scored like 60 points in his last game ever. So yeah. he like goes out as like, oh man, this guy was unprecedentedly talented and could have probably kept playing but like walked away cuz he was done. He was ready to move on. And it feels like Tom Brady could have had that. If he even just left after the first Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, it would have been like, okay, well, I don't love that you left for somebody else, but you had a nice, clean walk-off win. It just feels like he came back and just like really – it was like a disaster. It's like oh, I'm trying to think. There was another – there was a, a, I want to say a basketball player or a football player who had a similar thing where it was like they came back and they wanted to have like their goodbye tour on their last year and then they just sucked and they were a joke yeah i don't think this is exactly what you're talking about but you talked about jordan and uh i actually saw him play with the wizards the only time that i ever saw him was with the wizards and uh i after the fact uh found out that it was statistically the worst game in his career uh you don't remember how many minutes he had but uh yeah there sometimes and look that as bad as that was, that didn't take away from all his success with the Bulls uh, and his tremendous baseball career with the Chicago White Sox. <laughs> you know. But uh, sorry, the Chicago White Sox uh, minor league uh, affiliate. But uh, yeah, I, I, there's ways where it can end in a way where you're like, ooh, that is so bad. You know, and uh, yeah, look, I think Brady got to a point where he was so good that even if you were fans of like other teams in the division or, you know, in nearby cities at a certain point, you have to stop saying, yeah, but that guy sucks, you know, which is what I kind of did with Derek Jeter. And at a certain point, I'm like, I still to this day feel that he's overrated. However, he did not suck. You know, Derek <laughs> Jeter uh, was a very good shortstop and he was a good player. I know this is a hot take, but <laughs> you didn't want it to be true. You know, a rod, it was a lot easier to be like, yeah, but look at him in the playoffs and he cheated, you know? Uh, so at a certain point, some guys transcend being a fan of a different team and you're just like, yeah, they're so good, you know? And uh, it was, uh, it was, 
look, as as somebody who just watches the Super Bowl just to watch it the year that he won with Tampa was like, wow, that's kind of cool to see him do. You know, look us old guys in our uh, oh, soon to be uh, late 40s because I'll be 47. Uh, that that's getting into to late 40s teller territory. I like seeing uh, my generation uh, succeed occasionally. But uh, yeah, I was just uh, I don't know. I just wanted to see what uh, what your thoughts were uh, on that. I uh, wanted to, uh, you know, because it, it, and I thought that this retirement, he handled it perfectly right. He just posted that video. I was like, yeah, I already did one speech. I'm just telling you I'm done. And for real this time. And uh, Giselle uh, taking the time of uh, looking forward to whatever the next chapter of your life is. Uh, and it was just like, she's just like, yeah. So I feel like him going back to the NFL didn't lead to him getting divorced. I think it was a direct reaction to like, wait, I was going to retire, but like everything's terrible at home. Let me go play some more football because I don't want to be around this, you know, but well, it, it seems unfortunate that based on the way it played out, it feels like Giselle was pressuring him to retire so hard. And he had like told her he would retire at this point. That was like, he did it. He followed through with like, okay, you said you want but then it's like he goes home and then it's like, oh, nothing's better. You're not happy. Like, this isn't working. I would like to continue to play football. And then he came back. And it just feels like it's, again, it's like you had this false start retirement. I think vis-a-vis Brett Favre, right? Yeah. When he retired with the Packers and it was all emotional. And then he came back and played for the Jets. And then he played for the and Vikings. The Vikings, and, uh, yeah. And it was yeah. just like, by the time he retired, it was like, good. Thank you. Please yeah. stop playing in the NFL. We've had enough. And it's, it's not quite that bad with Brady, but it feels like it. And it also, frankly, based on how unceremoniously this last year went, I'm not even fully convinced it's over. I'm not convinced that he's not doing this so that he can be like left alone so that it's not like, what's he going to do? Let's speculate yeah. Let's everything he does and like make more videos of him kissing his children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, I think if the, you know, look, the, uh, the the bucks could come to him and be like yeah we really didn't find somebody to replace you what what does it take what can we do you know do we uh give you give you a piece of the team you get some ownership you know uh but uh uh there's some uh comments going on about the earlier part of the conversation but uh Dominicus X and Tom Brady will never be as good as Gaylord Perry uh, never have a name that's more of the time than Gaylord Perry. That's for sure. Uh, just, just imagine being named Gaylord Perry in 2023, but, uh, uh, he's no William, the refrigerator Perry, you know, a, a, a name makes a man. Uh, but, uh, your name being Jeff DeRay, uh, I appreciate you, uh, being here. And this was why I saved this for the end because, uh, you know, will and Jeff, Jeff Winstead being so nice, and he's like thanking everybody in the chat. I, I appreciate that. Go to jeffwinstead.com. We've already promoted it, but uh, get his book, The Last Battle of the Revolution. And uh, apparently you can buy it in that bookstore in Kentucky. Um, but uh, Jeff Duray does not like to be found anywhere, uh, even in the room he's in. <laughs> Don't come <laughs> looking for him. Uh, but uh, his uh, social media footprint, it's like that footprint on the moon it's like 50 years old and you're like, yeah, someone stepped there at one point. Uh, so, you know, you can find things uh, that maybe you said once upon a time, but uh, I think it's better to just kind of, you know, keep things, 
you know, keep keep things close to home. Uh, and uh, I don't want to oversaturate uh, the Jeff Duray market, yeah. you know? Right, exactly. See, now that uh, it's just the two of us for the visual, I can put that wall up there. And then you <laughs> see they are very similar colors. Uh, teal is the new black, as they say. Uh, in any case, uh, I'd let you know some of the things that are coming up uh, for the Black Cast. Uh, join us uh, for some fun episodes as we celebrate 10 years and try to ask the question of why 10 years. We'll see if we're able to come up with an answer next time on The Blackcast. Everybody shout! Come on now, sing out! It's time for the ghoulies get together. They got jokes for everyone who would laugh the songs in fun. So let's go listening to the Bladcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Bladcast. That's B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. You can also subscribe to the audio version wherever podcasts are found. Like The Bladcast on Facebook, follow at Bladcast on Twitter and Instagram, and of course, the man responsible for what you just heard is on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ. I'm Farad Muhammad, and if you want me to voice your podcast intro, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at F-A-R-D-M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D. We will see you next time on the Bladcast. We're closed. See you guys next time. No Low bang is when you suck a bunch of dudes' dick. No one's going to see this anyway, so I could admit this here, right, Christian? Is that right? Hope I'm saying this right. The Bladcast. Want a piece of fruit? Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Sorry. We're closed.